tonight, and I want to uh, go ahead and open with prayer. And I believe the Lord's going to talk to us. And it's not whether God's talking to us, it's whether we can hear. You know, God speaks a lot of things, but there's people that don't have eyes to see. They don't have ears to hear, and they surely don't have a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking. You can understand the words that I speak plain enough, but can you understand what the Spirit is speaking? Because it's two entirely different things. We've got to have a a wisdom and an understanding to hear what the Spirit is speaking. And we're in critical times. In our country, we're in critical times in the world. And this is a very important time. So I want us to go to prayer, and I just want you to ask the Lord. Give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and let my heart understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Because there's people who go to church all the time. They go through a form. They go through the same. Call it a ritual. Call it a tradition. Nothing ever changes. But when the Spirit speaks, it's different. There's a difference. Amen. So I want us to go to prayer. I'm going to have to have some handkerchiefs. And like I said, just reach out to the Lord. And... Who knows what God will do? You know, there's one thing I've learned that's take the limits off of God. Because you don't ever know how God's going to speak. You don't ever know what the Spirit's going to do. I can take these Scriptures tonight and minister on them, and I can come in here and give you the same Scriptures tomorrow and minister completely different. Because it depends on how the Spirit moves. So, let's go to prayer and just reach out to Him. Father, by your name, Jesus, we come before you tonight. We know and understand that you are the door. You said, no man cometh to the Father except he come through me, for I am the door. As we come to you tonight, Lord, we need your help. We need your mercy. We need your wisdom and understanding. And Lord, we need to be aware of what's going on in the earth. We need to be aware of the working and the moving of your Spirit. What it is that you're preparing to do in the earth. So I'm asking you to take the scales from our eyes the dullness from our ears. Cut away this grossness that's on our hearts that we can see and hear and understand what your Spirit is doing. I give you honor and praise for what you're bringing forth in the earth, for the way that you're moving. God, for what you're doing especially, in Africa, God, and how you're touching the lives of those people. And we ask that your will be done in this service tonight. 
In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, we've been seeing God do great things, and I don't know if any of you have seen the testimony on Facebook that my wife put together about the little boy with sickle cell, but she put together a video, and we was preaching in a little bitty tent uh, just one afternoon, about 2.30. Old pastor invited me to come over by his church, and he put up a little bitty tent. Probably wouldn't see 50 people. I can tell you it's packed. And I prayed for a man and his wife there. He come up for prayer and said his son had sickle cell anemia. I think he'd 16 and he'd had it ever since he was like 8 years old. There's no cure for it. And they said that they had spent all their money on medicine and they couldn't even go to school because they didn't have money for school fees and, and the medicine and wages over about... If you make between five and ten dollars a week, you make good money. So, uh, but anyway, I was talking to the man. I said, "Your wife here," and he said, and "I called her up and I gave her one of these prayer cloths." Now, those of y'all who don't know about these prayer cloths, and I think most of you know, but back in nineteen, I believe it's ninety-two, I was in a tent meeting in Anderson, South Carolina, and I always put these in my pockets when I preach and used to carry handfuls of them. Still do. But it was the last night of the meeting and a young lady come up. She's about 14 years old. And she broke her leg. It's main bone in her leg. She'd been roller skating and when she she tripped or something and the leg went up under her and snapped that main bone. She had a cast from here all the way down to her ankle. Well, I prayed for about three times, and, and I mean, it wasn't that her faith wasn't, but she said, Brother Matter, she said, I just can't walk on it. I mean, I took her crutches. I, when I pray for people, I expect them to exercise their faith, and I took her, and she tried, and she couldn't. Well, I got on up in Arkansas, and her aunt tracked me down. She said, I've been trying to find you for two weeks, said that girl on them crutches you prayed for was my niece, said about two, three days after you prayed for her. Said she was at home about one o'clock in the morning. Said the Lord spoke to her. Said get up and walk. You're healed. And let me back up just a little bit. I prayed for, her, and she didn't get her healing right then. But as I walked out from under the tent, I always stayed on the tent lot. I had my travel trailer behind the tent. So when I stepped in the door, I reached my back pocket, and I had two of these prayer cloths in my back pocket, and I just laid them up on the counter, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you take them prayer cloths, said, you go out there and you tie it around that girl's leg. So I took these prayer cloths, and I, you know, wound them up, tied them together, went out there and found her, and tied them around her leg. And I said, now, Lord, this is what the Lord told me to do. I said, so you believe God. So got on up there in Arkansas, and tracked me down, said, the Lord told her to get up and walk, she's healed, said she reached for a crutch. He said, no. He said, I said, you're healed. And she kept looking around because, I mean, God was speaking to her audible. And she said she started to reach for her crutches again. The third time the Lord spoke to her, he said, Get up and walk, you're healed. So she got up and walked on that leg. And she went in there and woke her mom and daddy up and showed them what had happened. She ran a bathtub full of water, sat in that water and peeled that cast off. You know, that's back when they used the plaster cast. It's back 92, somewhere in there. And she peeled them thing off one 
piece of tape at a time. Went back to the doctor. The doctor x-rayed her. They couldn't even find a place where it had been broken. And when she gave me that testimony, the Lord said, I'm giving you the same ministry that I gave to Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. The Bible says in Acts 19, 11, and 12 that from the body of Paul, they took handkerchiefs and aprons and sent them out to people and all manner of sicknesses, diseases were healed and spirits were cast out. And ever since the Lord spoke that to me, I've sent these all over the world. And we got testimonies of people being healed. I mean, all over the world, people have been healed of every kind of sickness, disease, you name it. God's done it. And... I believe this. And so every minister I prayed for in Africa, I give them one of these handkerchiefs. I bet I give out 500 because I prayed for and anointed probably 500 ministers in 50 days was over. But anyway, I called that man and his wife up for one of these prayer cloths in her hand. The boy wasn't there. And I said, when you go home, I said, put this in the bed where he sleeps. And... We didn't know about this testimony to just here a few weeks ago. And this happened back in, what, September of 2021. We didn't even know about this testimony. We're getting testimonies now. We didn't even, well, I mean, there's people been healed everywhere in Africa, and we didn't even know about it. But I said, take it home, put it in the bed where he sleeps. And we got the testimony just a few weeks ago that the very day she put that prayer cloth in that boy's bed, and he slept that night. He had to go to the doctor the next day, totally healed. Totally healed. No sickle cell anemia. And we're getting these reports everywhere now. A uh, lady I prayed for had AIDS. And when I prayed for her, the Spirit of the Lord just come on her and she just fell on the ground. And before we left the meeting, was under another little tent in front of a church. And I told her, I said, the Lord spoke to me, told me to tell you you're healed, go have yourself checked. Well, she went and had herself checked. She was coming to the dedication for the church where we built the church over, and she didn't get to come. Sent me word, said, I went to the doctor. I'm totally healed. So we're seeing God do these kind of things. And it's it's beginning to happen all over Africa. And the crowds are growing. We do a Zoom meeting every Wednesday to Kenya. Christopher does one every Saturday to Uganda. How many did you have this morning? But last week you had that many in one location. And we'll have we'll have 15 or 20 locations on the Zoom meeting. Uh, and we'll have anywhere from 5 to 25 to 50 in each location. So we, you know, and most of these are pastors. These are pastors. And we'll have two, 250 pastors. Uh, they're hungry for the Word. They want the Word. They want to learn what's right because nobody's ever taught them anything. All these people over there know is basic salvation. That's all they know. And what doctrine they've been taught, most of it is messed up because they got bishops over there. And you can be in a 20-mile area and have five bishops, and all five of them teach you something different. So we started putting out these doctrine booklets. You all may have seen our little, I think there's some on the table in the lobby, our little New Testament doctrine book. Since the first of the year, we printed almost 4,000 since the first of the year. We just had uh, another 2,000 printed because we got pastors asking for them. And it just teaches them. 
the basic doctrine. And in the last 60 days, we've put a thousand Bibles in Kenya alone. Just in the last 60 days. And so since we've been working here in 2019, we've probably put 3,000 Bibles in Kenya. And, and the doctrine booklets we took over in 2021 with what we... Oh, Sister Gail's got one right there. If you don't have one, get it and study it. it just, it's got Scripture in there for everything we believe. And we took it over with us in 2021, or no, 2020. And probably since 2020, we probably had 10,000 printed. That people, everywhere these these pastors go, they'll take 100, 150, 200 of these. And a lot of times they got to come back and get four, 500 more because... People have never been taught the Word. And that's when the Lord spoke to me in March of this year. I think it's about the middle of March. He said, you build my people on the Word. And he said, to build them on the Word, they're going to have to have Bibles. He said, you start raising money, give them Bibles. And in, in 60 days, we raised over $7,000 and bought a 1,000 Bibles. Bibles over $7 a piece. And we put over a 1,000 Bibles in Kenya since the middle of March. And... I need a hundred more right now. We just found an area where we got almost a hundred pastors. I mean, pastors don't have Bibles because a Bible over there cost them a week, week and a half's pay, and they can't afford it not and take care of their families. So we've made a big push to get Bibles to these people. And now the brother that works with Christopher in Kenya, he texts me. He saw Lisa put a testimony on Facebook about how in the last 60 days we put over a 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. And he texted me today and he said, Now I'm ready for you to do it in Uganda. <laughs> so we're going to have to raise money for another 1,000 Bibles for Uganda. But that's all right. People got to have the Word. Because it don't matter what happens. You get grounded on the Word. You're going to come through. You put that Word in you and you teach people the Word and teach them to live by the Word. I don't care what happens, how bad it gets, you hold on to that Word you're coming through. You're coming through. God will bring you through. And I'm living proof. I've been serving God 50 years, and I've never seen the Word of God fail me. And it's not going to fail me, and it's not going to fail you either, if you believe it and live by it. So, uh, we're in a place right now that it's like nothing's happening. And this is what I want to touch on today. And I, I turned over to Ecclesiastes 3. And uh, y'all can take these notes and study them. Y'all know I'll put together notes, but there ain't no way I'm going to preach by notes. It just don't happen. I might mention something in the notes or give you a scripture, but I'm going to Ecclesiastes 3. And I'm going to read verse 1. It's the only verse I need to read right now. So from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, in verse 1, says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. And I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to read verse 3 and 4 and maybe 5. If y'all want to just jot it down or y'all want to turn there. I'm really excited uh, the way God's moving over there. And 
1988, I was preaching in a little town called Burnsville, Mississippi. It's right off Highway 72. If you take 72 and go through Mississippi, out of Alabama through Mississippi into Corinth, I had my tent set up on the side of the road right there in a little tent, right beside the post office, a little town called Burnsville, Mississippi in 1988. And while I was preaching, I went into a vision. And in this vision, I was in this great big grassy field. I mean, grass probably up to my knees. But there was a, a long dirt road. Looked like it's probably a mile long. And as I watched that vision, there was all these people in this field. Uh, they were warriors. Like old-time African warriors. They had on robes. They had the shields that were pointed at the top. They curved out, pointed out the bottom. They were big. They had spears in their hand. There was one man had like a crown or a headdress or something on his head. And as I watched these people, there's two or three hundred of them. And as I watched these people, I looked and I saw a jet, like a private corporate jet, coming in. It's coming in for a landing on that dirt road. And that jet landed. And all them people gathered around that jet. And I saw the door open. I saw three steps fold down. And I saw myself step off that jet. And that man that was that chief or whatever it was had that headdress on, he come up and he bowed on his knees. He looked up at me with tears streaming down his face. He said, please. He said, help my people. And I didn't know who these people were, but we found out just before we left Africa this time, these people are known as Maasai Warriors. And they're the only tribe in Kenya that the Kenyan government let them keep their weapons when they got their independence. And I made contact with a man here about two months ago that he is a Messiah warrior and they have a place down below Nairobi called Land of the Messiah. And I got in touch with him, told me my vision. He said, come preach to us. He said, come preach to us. I said, I'll be there. I said, as soon as God gives me the Finances open the door. I said, I'll be there. Because that's what I saw. I saw God move for them people. But it may, God may break something out for them people, but it's not going to stop with them. This thing's going hit all Africa. I mean, it started in, in when we was getting ready to go. Uh, no, this was, this was Thanksgiving. Was it 2019? It was Thanksgiving morning. And I had to preach that day to Africa. I think that was one of our first live stream uh, video services. And I had to preach. And I'd been up since 2.30 praying. And it's about, we're going to preach to them about 9 o'clock in the morning because over there that's like 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And so I've been up praying since 2.30. And in that, uh, while I was praying, I saw Africa dark like a dark outline. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, "He said for thousands of years, He said, Africa's been known as the dark continent. He said, but it shall now be known as the continent of light, for great light is going to spring up in Africa. And uh, I saw one little part of Africa. It'd be on the east coast, about midway down. And I saw, it was dark, but I saw one little old, like a, 
bright light. Just a burning bright light. And all of a sudden, light began to come up. And she saw a vision. Uh, tell them what you saw. Um, I, uh, well, because we were praying about going, y'all have, as many of you have heard me tell it before, when we were talking about going to Kenya, and I was really scared to go, and I was scared to fly. So I was petitioning the Lord to um, give me the strength to go that I couldn't go just because he said God told him. I had to go because God told me because I was scared. And so uh, as I was um, praying that prayer, I, I saw the continent of Africa, which I'm not, I am very geographically challenged. So this was really something. And uh, and I saw from the ground up. I don't remember him seeing that and saying that at that time. Maybe he did, but at that time I was not aware that he had seen that. But anyway, I saw a light uh, and it like a funnel come up, and I saw up from the ground and I saw the people with their hands raised up, and they were you you could just feel that cry. Oh, there you go on the back of Bonnie's shirt. <laughs> Uh, and I saw their hands raised, and I could hear that cry. And I knew God was not going to turn a deaf ear to that cry. And I saw a woman step up. She was bald, which I didn't know that. Many of them, they shave their heads. It's just cleaner. It's for hygiene. It's better. And uh, and she had her hands like that, like that, and she said, please help us. So we, I, of course, then I was good to go. I knew that God was sending us, and I wasn't going to crash. It's going to be all right. <laughs> and so here we go all the way to the last week of the trip. And that, and our pastor, Pastor Evans, he got up on the platform with his mother to give a testimony, and it was his mother that I saw in that vision. I could my, about two weeks into our trip, my sister texted me. She said, "Have you seen her yet?" I said, "Who?" She said, "The woman." And I said, "Oh, it hadn't even dawned on me to look for her, but it was turns out it was Pastor Evans' mother. She is a praying woman. She is a praying woman for sure. But she was wearing just almost exactly what I saw. It was an untucked shirt with a skirt. Anyway, and she said, "Please help us." Bonnie, show on the back of your shirt. We made these shirts as a fundraiser the first trip we went. And this is what my wife saw. Uh, but all I saw was the continent of Africa and light began to shine up around it. I didn't see. She's the one who saw all the people with their hands raised and that cry coming up out of them. And we've seen it begin to come to pass, but it's just getting started. And... We're working on something else now. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but we're uh, to help the people. But we're going. We're preaching the gospel. People are getting saved. They're getting healed. They're getting baptized. They're getting delivered from all kind of witchcraft and forces of Satan. And we're getting them Bibles. And, you know, I've heard, I don't know how many people say, well, the bottom line is winning souls. That's the main thing you do. You win souls. And so I've talked to some people, told them what we're doing, and tried to get them to support us and couldn't get them to support us. I said, well, don't ever let me hear you say the bottom line is winning souls. I said, because we're, we're doing a lot for these people to help them find the gospel and help them serve God. And I said, if you won't support this, you won't support anything. 
And there's, I've, had, I've had people tell me, well, I'll support you here, but I won't support you over there. Well, since when you put a color on a soul? You can't put a color on a soul. Soul's a soul. You win souls. That's a soul. Amen. And that soul just as precious in God's sight as a soul anywhere. So, uh, for the little group we are and what we've accomplished, I'm proud of y'all. We've done great things over there just to be the little bitty handful we are. And God's going to give us the support we need. He's going to give it to us. And we're going to win. We're going to win more soul. We're we going to turn Africa upside down. I guarantee we're already turning Africa upside down. And when these miracles start getting noised abroad, they you ain't going to stop it. And so see, when God spoke to me in 2019, He spoke to me in October 2019. He said, you go to Kenya in 2020. COVID was not heard of. You talking about challenges to get to Kenya in 2020 with COVID and 2021. And Africa was shut down in 2020. But we got in, had meetings, and got out. And we've done the same thing in 2021. There's a lot more freedom in 2021 than there was in 2020. But God moved in such a great way. I mean, such a powerful way. And they kept wanting me to have crusades. You know, just, uh, they wanted to put up a platform in an open field. And said, Brother Metter, with the gift God's put in you and the miracles and the healings, and said, you get out there and start preaching. Said, people are going to come by the thousands. I said, it's not, what I it's not what I want. I said, I've done that in India. I said, I've done it in the Philippines. I've done it in Central and South America. I mean, I, I preached a... We went to Central America, South America, in '86, Bolivia, and we prayed. The man who put up a tent down there was preaching twenty-five thousand a night. And after we get through preaching to them, they had a platform about ten foot high. We'd step down from that platform. People start coming. We start praying for them. God just working miracles. She was praying for people. And God was working miracles. And I've been in India, preached to thirty, forty, and fifty thousand. And the thing that I told these people in Africa, I says, I'm not having any crusades till we get churches established. Because once these people get saved, they've got to have somewhere to go to church. I'm not just going to go over and have crusades and just turn souls loose with nobody to watch out for them, nobody to teach them. I said, we're going to get churches in order first. And that's why I'm so determined to get these pastors grounded on the Word, get these churches established. And we built one church there. And if I had the money, I'd build a church a month. I'm telling you, I'd build a church a month. But like I said, some more God's going to give us the money. This thing's going to open up. It's going to turn loose. God told me way back in 1996, and I know I'm putting out a lot of information, but God told me back in 1996 when I was on the field all the time. I was praying about finances, and the Lord told me, He said, I'm going to give you 300 people a month. It's going to help you with $100 a month. And he said, you're going to call them Gideon's 300. And he said, I'm going to put them. And I tried. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I didn't tell you it's for now. He said, I told you there would come a time. 
and I feel like we're fixing to hit that time. And y'all may think $100 is a lot of money, but I'm going to tell you something. You go out to eat, two people, you're going to tear 25 30 $35, $40 all to pieces. And you do that just once a week. You're going to spend well over $100 a month. I mean, $3 a day, every one of us can save $3 a day. And the thing about it is, you put it in souls, there ain't no limit to what God will do to bless you and help you. And there's a scripture come to my mind, I hadn't had a chance to deal with it yet, but a scripture come to my mind here two or three weeks ago, and there's a, it's, it's, it says, lay up treasure. In where? kingdom of heaven. And where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. And you tell me how you're going to lay up treasure in heaven and in the kingdom of heaven if you don't do something to win souls. You've got to do something to win souls. And that, that, that goes above what you need to be given God to start with. And the reason God's blessed me and my brother's here, he'll tell you. My sister's here, she'll tell you. Back when I first started preaching, I used to hitchhike. And I used to, used to borrow a car from my brother. Go preach. Didn't have nothing when I first started back in the 70s. Didn't have nothing. And I slept on church benches. Slept on church floors. Cleaned up in restrooms. The churches. Because I had a burden to win souls. And God's honored it. But the Lord told me in, I think, 79 or 80, somewhere right in there, I was preaching on the street. Had on blue jeans with patches on it. Didn't have a car. Didn't have money. Put gas in the car if I'd had a car. And the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to form a corporation called World Revivals. He said, I'm going to send you around the world to preach the gospel reached in my pocket, and I think I pulled out about 10, 15 cents. I think gas might have been 35 or 40 cents a gallon. At that time, I said, Lord, I said, if I had a car, I said, I don't even have enough money to put a gallon of gas in. He said, you do what I tell you. Since that time, I've traveled to India, Central America, South America, Philippines, now Africa, building churches in Africa, getting Bibles out. We preached all over India. And I got people in the Philippines right now and India both. Brother Michael's doing a service once a month in India, and I told him, I said, we didn't pick that up at least once a week. Start letting some of y'all call of God. Start preaching to these people. Start telling them about Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you, you preach to them in India, they'll sit there for two or three hours and tell you keep preaching. We get a good 30, 40-minute message, and we're ready to go home. But I appreciate the Lord tonight. I really do. But I'm, uh, I'm in Isaiah chapter 40. And I'm going to read verses 3, 4, and probably 5. The voice of him crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight... voice of him crying in the wilderness, prepare you with the way of the Lord. 
Make straight in the desert a highway of our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, when uh, it's been several days back, but the Lord spoke to me. And he said, this is a time of preparation. He said, it's time for my people to prepare for a visitation of my spirit like the world ain't never seen. Now, if any of y'all know anything about the Holy Ghost or the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, you know what happened. But from the time Jesus was crucified to the time the Holy Ghost was poured out was a period of about 50 days. 50 to 53, 4 days in there somewhere. And the disciples, they always went with Jesus. They was used to revivals or meetings, crowds, miracles, healings, deliverance. But yet when Jesus got arrested, they all forsook Him. And when Jesus was crucified, they went and hid in fear because they didn't know if they were fit. The same thing was fixing to happen to them. So from the time Jesus was crucified to the time the Holy Ghost was poured out, there's about 50 days, they didn't do anything. They didn't preach. Now, Jesus gave the disciples power. They go preach to have miracles on their own. He gave them power. But they wasn't doing anything. The Lord began to deal with me the other day. He said, I've got you standing still. He said, but now I want you to prepare because the greatest visitation of my spirit that the world has ever seen is fixing to come. He said, this is going to be greater than the book of Acts. This is going to be greater than the day of Pentecost. And the Lord's been speaking this to me for about four years now that there's coming an outpouring of His Spirit that's going to go beyond what happened in Pentecost. And he's gave many, many signs. Many prophecies come to pass. And I've been trying to tell people, I said back in 2013, God spoke right here. You can get the prophecy 4, 4, 13. If you want to read it, you want to listen to it, uh, I know it's on sermon.net where we've got a lot of our message, but the Lord spoke in 2013. He said there's diseases in the heavens you don't know nothing about. Any of y'all remember that? Well, in 2014, Ebola popped up in Africa. In 2016 or 17, they had a disease. I think it come out of Africa also called something like Zika or something like that come from mosquitoes. And it was bad to afflict women that were expecting. And then here in 2019, you got COVID, COVID-19. And now we're fixing to get hit with monkeypox. Now, monkeypox has been around for a while, but it ain't been in this country. But you figure, and the Lord said there's diseases you don't know nothing about, there ain't any cure for. You're not going to stop these diseases. Nothing but the hand of God. So, it's the only thing that's going to stop them. 
And the Lord said, measles, smallpox, and all this stuff, it's going to break back out. He said, polio's coming back. All these diseases, man thinks he's cured. They're fixing to come back. And said, diseases they ain't never heard of. Had nobody ever heard of COVID and COVID-19 till we got hit two years ago. And this just dropped in the bucket. But what the Lord told me, He said, this is the season for my people to prepare. I heard the voice of the Lord speak to me the other night. A time of preparation. A time of preparation. He said, my people need to start preparing for me to pour out my Spirit on them like I did on the day of Pentecost. And see, I believe what God is speaking. I believe Him. And I believe that what God is bringing and what He's pouring out, I can be a partaker of it. But you've got to believe that. And the reason I believe it is because when we went to Africa last August, we got in on the 21st, which is a Saturday. Sunday, the pastor we work with, Brother Evans Oshing, I told him I'd come preach at his church. Well, they was having church under a little bitty tent. Well, they got a 40 by 60 metal building there now. But they was having church under a little bitty tent. Thing was full. I mean, pastors heard I come and they filled that thing up. And about 10, 15 minutes into me preaching, a huge black cloud come up. Wind started blowing, rain started coming, and everybody was moving to the center of the tent trying to get away from the rain. And I was trying to minister, and I said, Lord, this ain't never going to work. By that time I heard that voice right there, I said, Speak to the wind till it be still. Now, some of y'all would have said, God, do what? Spirit of the Lord moved on me and spoke to me. And I just stopped, just raised my hand just like that. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I said, I command the wind to be still. What was it, two or three minutes at the most? The wind died down. The wind started dying down almost immediately. The rain stopped. The clouds moved. And within 30 minutes, it was crystal clear. And what rain we did have just started coming gently down. That storm went somewhere. It was just a few days ago. A few days after that, I don't know if I was preaching. I don't know where I was. don't know what I was doing. But I heard that voice of the Lord speaking here. And He said, The miracles that I've done through my Son... When he walked this earth, he said, they're going to start being made manifest in your life. You may not believe that. I believe it. I believe what Jesus done, we're going to be able to do. Because I believe that power that lives in him. And when you find out what the Holy Ghost is, it is more than just raising your hands and da 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 you find out the Holy Ghost is the Spirit of the resurrected Christ and that He has come to live in you in His power, His authority, His wisdom, His compassion, that it's Him taking His abode in you. There's nothing going to be impossible to you that believe. And so the Lord started, I mean, and 
I'd probably go back and pull you up 30 prophecies since 2016. Well, God said, there's coming a visitation of my spirit greater than the day of Pentecost. The greatest visitation man ever has, brother Danny, is fixing to come to us if we'll prepare. I mean, it's because there's a world dying out there. I mean, everywhere you turn, religion, church is dead. I don't care. Hey. You can go to church, you can shout, you can sing, you can cry, you can hoot, you can holler, you can have a good time. I mean, they got mirrors and smoke and lights and they can make you feel like you got caught up to heaven. But nobody's being healed and delivered. Nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. God didn't call us to put on a show. God called us to go forth in the power and the authority of His Word and His Spirit. That's why the Lord told me. He said, you tell my people to start preparing. It's like people quit seeking for anything. And y'all heard me say years ago right here in this church, if you think you got something, you ain't going to seek for it. Let me tell you something. You may have something that God poured out you called the Holy Ghost, but you ain't got what happened on the day of Pentecost. I had somebody come to me, and I made that statement. They come to me and said, well, Brother Metter, I got the same thing they got on the day of Pentecost. I said, you did? Yeah. I said, where's the fruit of it? Where's the manifestation of it? Why aren't you doing what the early church done? I know I've got something in God. But I don't have what the early church had, not yet. But I'm working on it. It's like people quit seeking for anything. We just going to church, hearing the pastor preach, going home, and going about our lives. Nobody's seeking to be endued. With power from on high. And that's what the Lord spoke to me in October. First time we went to Kenya. October 2020. It was only over 30 days. And 30 days is a long time. We stayed 50 last time, and that was too much. It just wears you out too bad, the heat. But we stayed 30 days. You know how long most missionaries go to the mission field and stay? Seven to ten days. Two weeks at the most. You ain't going to get nothing accomplished in seven to ten days. We was talking to somebody earlier this evening about some of the conditions and stuff we had to endure over there. You have no idea what these ladies go through for restrooms. You think you want to use a restroom? Ain't nothing but a hole in the ground. That's one thing. You a guy. Something else. You a lady. Nasty. But we go to win souls. We go to get people healed and delivered. That little boy I was just telling y'all about got healed of sickle cell anemia, changed his life. That woman got healed of AIDS, changed her life. First time was over, uh, Brother Michael and I think since Fatty Bo got sick, and so the pastor I was working with, that was our last day in town. I didn't really have anything scheduled. So he said, I'm just going to take you around to some meetings and let you meet some of the people and some of the pastors. So we pulled up uh, in a pastor's front yard. He had a little old bitty tent up and they was having meeting. And he said, just go in there and greet them, exhort on the name of Jesus, 
He said, we we'll have to spend about 10, 15 minutes. I thought, well, you don't know me. So they went in there and introduced me. And, man, I got talking about Jesus. And then people got pulling on me in 45 minutes later. <laughs> I don't think I'd even change to second gear. But anyway, I probably exhorted about, what, an hour or so. And I said, well, before I leave, I'm just going to go ahead and pray for the sick. There was a lady there that had been in a car wreck. Hip was messed up. One leg was about that much shorter than the other. That foot was twisted. I mean, just a little old bitty tent. Probably wasn't half as big as this fellowship hall right here. And we got this on video. I just set her. I just got a chair, set her down. Had the interpreter talk to her, tell her what I was going to do. I pulled them legs up. You could see it. Man, that foot twisted over like that. About that much short. And I just reached down there and begin to pray. And I probably hadn't said five words, and that thing popped straight up and just started easing out. But she come up off that seat shouting and praising God. What are you supposed to preach? See, it ain't just preaching. It's letting Christ be revealed in you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. It's not just going to church and preaching. About everything Jesus done was in the streets and in the marketplace because He just walked, taught. He just reached people in their element. I don't have to go to church to preach. I can walk through a marketplace. Amen. But see, I believe that God is preparing us for something greater than any generation's ever had. I believe He's getting us ready for it. And I want to be part of this because I want that Christ. I'm not in this just to go to church. I'm not in this to say I'm a Christian. I'm in this for Christ to be formed in me. For the very nature of Christ. And that's what the Word teaches us. It said that Christ might be formed in you. I want Him to take over my life. I want Him to take over my mind, my spirit, my thoughts. And I want the life, like Paul said. Paul said, the life that I now live in the flesh, it's not I that live, but it's Christ that liveth in me. It's Christ that's taking us aboard. I don't know why God's holding us out of Africa, but I believe it's for preparation for what He's going to do when we go back. I believe it's to get those ministers over there prepared. Because they've never, they've never had anybody teach them. They've never had anybody work with them. They've always just got out there and done what they could do all by themselves. You know, they, they don't know what working together means. They really don't know what coming together and working together and laboring together means. And I've been teaching them the fivefold ministry. Teaching them how to labor together. Preaching them to come together in prayer. And working with one another. And something's getting a hold of them. And the Lord told me. He said, I'm fixing to pour out my spirit in Kenya. He said, like they ain't never seen it. He said, and it's a sign to what I'm fixing to do. He said, they're going to have the worst rainy seasons they've ever had. And I'm going to tell you something. They've had the worst rainy seasons they've seen over in years and years and years. Matter of fact, we got preachers that their churches got washed away. Some of them, their homes got washed away. People's houses. i got a preacher right now. We just 
sent him money to get poles to put up a new church. His whole church collapsed. I don't know if y'all know Brother Peter Angawade down there in Kissy. His whole church collapsed. Where we preached that day for four or something hours, the whole church collapsed. And they, they went in there and graded it all down. I told him, I said, y'all do something different this time or it won't happen again. And we just sent them money to buy poles to start putting their new church up. Because they don't have no place to go to church now. And we, what, wasn't nothing but a stick building when we preached there. But we preached for four hours. God moved and worked miracles. They're hungry. That's where we hiked down the side of a mountain for 20 minutes. That's where Mother Michael wanted to eat them beans. <laughs> we was talking about that earlier today. But we hiked down the side of a mountain 20 minutes. We preached four hours and hiked back up that mountain. Ooh, after preaching for four hours, it's hard to hike back up that mountain. I thought we was going to have to tie ropes on each other and pull one another up the hill. But they're hungry for God. And they'll sit there all day in this niche. And He's one that stood with us faithful. Ever since we went there and preached in 2020, He stood with us faithful. And He's there to help. He's, he takes His doctrine booklets. He goes out, He preaches. And I went to... the the town was there last time, and something made me sick, and I couldn't preach. And and we had a TV show that went all over Kenya. A lady put us on TV at 8 o'clock that morning. And we sat there and talked about the Lord. Brother Michael and Sister Patty talked for 30, 40 minutes, and me and Lisa talked for 30, 40 minutes. This thing went all over Kenya. And when I got through, they wanted me to go preach at a church. I said, I can't do it. don't have strength. And Brother Peter was there, and I took Brother Peter aside. I said, I'm going to lay hands on you. I said, you're going to go in there and preach? And I said, you're going to have miracles. He went in there and preached and had miracles. Man, he got in touch with me. He was so excited. He come to the church dedication. Uh, about a week after that, man, that man was so excited, he didn't know which way up us. But you've got to believe that God wants to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. And see, the whole time that the disciples were being still, from the time Jesus was crucified, He was resurrected, ascended, came back down, and He spent time with them. He spent 40 days on earth after He ascended back down. And the Bible said He went in and instructed them. He, he wasn't with them that whole 40 days. But He went in there and instructed them on things pertaining to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God ain't up there, children. Y'all hear me? The kingdom of God is not up there. The kingdom of heaven is not up there. There is a place called heaven, but that's not the kingdom of heaven because the Bible tells you the kingdom of heaven is within men. The kingdom of heaven is Christ being formed in you and His nature, His mind, His power, His authority will live in you. That is the kingdom of heaven. That is why John came preaching, prepare the way of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then Jesus come demonstrating the power and authority of the Almighty God living in him. And I'm here to tell you again, it's time to prepare because the kingdom of heaven, one more time, is at the door. It's here. It's on us. And if we'll prepare, we fix and receive something no other generation's ever received. It's the time of preparation. It's the time of getting ready. It's the time of getting our hearts right. It's the time of getting our spirits right. Getting everything out of your heart that hinder the spirit and power of the resurrected Christ from moving in. Because the kingdom of heaven's at hand. Christ living in you, taking his abode in you. 
you have in that mind. Bible tells in Philippians 2 and 5, Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus beware also in you. Let this mind that was in Christ, that's the resurrected Christ. Let this mind that was in Christ Jesus live also in you. We don't have that. And it's like people quit seeking for anything. But I'm telling you, it's a time of preparation. Because before we left Kenya last time, the Lord started dealing with Brother Michael. And Brother Michael started saying, this is a season. We're coming into a season. We're coming into a time of preparation. But we went to Kenya the first time in October 2020. We got over and the Lord told me, He said, you make October. We were there the whole month of October. He said, you make October a time of seeking the Lord. And you tell the people, the church don't have any power. And it's time for the church to seek the Lord, to be endued with power from on high. Do you all remember that? And everywhere I went, I preached to them ministers. I said, I said, y'all need to quit worrying about going and preaching. I said, y'all need to get something to help people. I said, y'all need to get something to heal the sick. Y'all need to get something to cast out devils. You need a spirit and a word and the gifts to be able to minister to these people. I said, all y'all going and doing is preaching. I said, go out in here starting churches. And I said, then you're running off and leaving these churches with nobody to shepherd these people. I said, it's wrong teaching. They think they go out and start 15 churches. They've done something. Ain't nobody teach the people. Ain't nobody bring them along. Ain't nobody ground them in the Word. And they don't know the Word because they've never been taught the Word. All they know is basic salvation and baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's all they know. That's basic. All they know is man's doctrine. That's the reason I'm so determined I'm going to get Bibles in these people's hands. 1,000 Bibles, Brother Danny, in 60 days we put in Kenya. From the middle of March to about the first to the middle of May, we put 1,000 Bibles in Kenya. Now we need 1,000 more. We've got 100 pastors right now that don't have Bibles in one area. And I'm already working on getting them Bibles. Because you can't preach the Word if you don't have the Word. You can't teach. And people's never been taught the Word because they've never had the Word. And if y'all see our Facebook page, you can see the, the smiles on the faces of people. And they're giving them Bible men. They just light up. Because it's like you give them a million dollars. You give them a Bible, a Bible over seven, eight dollars. It's a week's pay. They can't afford them. But man, you give them a Bible and they think you give them a million dollars. And they just, they just grin from year to year. They just light up. And it won't be very long. God will give me this seven. Hundred dollars I need to get these pastors these Bibles. I think I talked to our pastor over brother Evans. He said we got thirty Bibles left, and we got almost a hundred pastors need Bibles. And now we got people in Uganda need Bibles. They want us to put a thousand Bibles in Uganda like we did in Kenya, <laughs> huh? Yeah, we make them write down the names of the people asking for Bibles, the pastors of the churches. Y'all just heard we said 2,000 Bibles. Then got 2,000 requests in Uganda. The need's great. But see, if we're going to go, we've got to have something to go with. I'm not going empty-handed. Fifty years I've served the Lord. Yeah, God has put healings and miracles in my life. But not in the magnitude I want it. And not in the magnitude I think it ought to be there. But it ain't just me. Y'all need this in your life. I need to have something to be able to go over 
and impart something to these pastors that they can go preach with gifts of healing and deliverance. They'd never been taught they needed anything. They just, like I said, they just go and preach salvation, start a church, and that's all they know to do. I got pastors over where I ain't 30, 32, 33 years old. Well, Brother Metter, I done started 30 churches. I said, you might have started 30. I said, but how many people have you brought to maturity? How many people have you taught how to serve God and live for God? They look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. And, I, and they don't. They have no idea what I'm talking about because all they know to do is get people saved and start a church. Go in and sing. They'll stay in church all day. They'll stay in church seven, eight hours, but six and a half of it singing because they've never been taught the Word. we got a blank slate. I told my wife, I said, we got a blank slate. I told Brother Michael, I said, we got a blank slate. They've never been taught. we got an opportunity to teach people the gospel of the kingdom. It's never been taught. They've never been taught. They've got a form of prayer, but our kind of prayer, never been taught. Never been taught. Good people love God, got a heart toward God, but they've never been taught. And they don't know how to work together. You can't get them to work together. You can get some ladies work together better than you can the men. But you can't get the, you can't get these preachers work together. They feel like if they let somebody preach for them, they're gonna get outdone. They're gonna lose people. They don't know how to labor together. God's bringing them together in a unity. He's bringing them together in one mind. As they receive the Spirit of Christ, and you know, I made this statement years ago, and somebody didn't know what I was talking about, and. So my brother Chad just reminded me. He said, you know, he said, I heard somebody preaching just the other day that in the book of Acts, they call, they come together in one mind and one accord. I said, no, they didn't. No, they didn't, and they ain't in there. They come together in one accord. And that was the purpose, to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. But they couldn't come together in one mind until they received the mind of Christ. And now here God has said, this is a time of preparation. I want you to be still. Being still is not not doing anything. Being still is calming this up here. Calming your spirit. And seeking God with everything in you for God to put something in you that you've never had and take you somewhere you've never been. But you've got something to help people. Y'all have heard me relate the story when I first got saved. I mean, I hadn't, probably haven't been saved six months. When the Lord spoke to me, saved me, He said, I've called you to be a minister of the gospel. So I was talking to somebody, and they said, well, what kind of preacher are you? I said, I'm not a preacher. They said, what? I said, I'm not a preacher. He said, well, what are you? I said, the Lord called me. He said, He called me to be a minister. They laughed at me. They've been serving God alone. They laughed at me. I said, Preacher, minister, what's the difference? I don't know. I was young in the Lord. I didn't, Brother Danny, I didn't know. So they turned around. They laughed at me. Walked off. And they got about 
ten steps away from me. Voice of the Lord spoke to me. He said, anybody can preach. But not everybody can minister to the needs of the people. I said, hey, hold on just a second. I said, Lord, just told me the difference between a preacher and a minister. They turned around and said, all right, what is it? I said, anybody can preach. I said, you study the Word. Anybody studies the Word, you can get up and preach. You can. You can get up and preach. I said, but not everybody can minister to the needs of the people and have the anointing in their life to bring deliverance and meet those needs. And I said, God called me to minister. God don't need preachers. He needs ministers. He needs ministers. They can reach out there and mend that broken heart. I'll give you a scripture. This is in Luke 4. It's also in Isaiah. I can't remember if it's 60 or 61. But I know it's in Luke 4. We'll start with verse 18. This after Jesus come out of the wilderness, fasting, praying, 40 days, 40 nights, the devil had tried him. Luke chapter 4, and I'm going to drop down to 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Now, before Jesus went in that wilderness, he hadn't performed a miracle. He hadn't cast out a devil. He hadn't healed first sick folk. He hadn't preached his first message. When he went and was baptized, and he came up out of that water, and the Holy Ghost descended on him, the, the voice of the Lord spoke out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. And I had somebody ask me several years ago, he said, Why was God pleased with Jesus? He said he hadn't preached his first sermon, cast out his first devil, had his first miracle, healed his first sick folk. He said, Why was he pleased with him? You know what pleased him? His obedience, his submission, his submission to the Father. That's what pleased him. His obedience to the will of the Father. Because Jesus hadn't done anything. When he went in that wilderness, he didn't have power and authority over demons, sickness, and disease. But when he come out, the Bible said he returned in the authority or the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And he went in and began to preach. He said there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about why. He started having miracles. Start healing folks. Start delivering folks. Went to a wedding and turned 276 gallons of water into wine. But in verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And I want you to notice these things that Jesus is saying that the anointing was on him. This is what he'd been anointed to do. To preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, 
and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That is ministry. That's ministry. That's what you need to be anointed to do. You can go preach. But if you ain't anointed to mend the brokenhearted, if you ain't anointed to set the captive free, if you ain't anointed to help people, every one of you knows somebody that's brokenhearted, wounded, bruised. But where's the ministers that has the ability to mend that broken heart? You know people that are bound. Every one of y'all knows somebody's bound. Where's the anointing to set the captive free? Where's the anointing to do these things? And that's what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord's on me because He's anointed me. If you're going to go preach the gospel, become a minister of the gospel. Ask God to anoint you with ability and wisdom and gifts. You can help people. When I first started preaching this way back in the 70s, I told the Lord, I said, now, because I've been raised in church. (laughs) About 22 years old, Sister Norma, when I told the Lord this. I've been raised in church. I've been in church all about three years of my life. And that's because I decided I didn't do what didn't want to do what God wanted me to do, and I wanted to go do my own thing. But that didn't work out too good. God kind of hemmed me up. I was about 22 years old, and I was praying, and I said, "Now, Lord, I said this is the way I'm gonna preach." And I said, "If you don't do this, I said I ain't preaching." I said, you put a hundred preachers in a bag, you shake out one, you shake out the other 99. I said, you're going to make me different. I said, I'm going to be different or I ain't preaching. I ain't going to be a run-of-the-mill preacher. I ain't doing it. I said, so if you ain't going to anoint me and gift me and make me different, I said, just leave me alone. And I meant what I was saying. I don't want to be run-of-the-mill. I don't believe when you got Christ living in you, you're run of the mill. You've got something different that you can help people with. So we need to set our hearts to seek the Lord. Sorry, Lord, here I am. Make me different. Give me something to help people. Give me something. Sister Patty's a nurse. Sister Whitney's a nurse. Sister Kathy Conrad's a nurse. She was a triage nurse for years. And you have training. And when something happens, just like out without thinking, your mind goes to that training. For you to be able to help people. That's what she... That's what you're schooled for. That's what you're geared for. Well, see, I'm geared when something happens. My faith kicks in. That's just who I am and what I am. I mean, if something happens and my faith just kicks in, I'm ready for God to do a miracle. I mean, without even thinking, I start reaching. 
for that faith to perform a miracle or healing, whatever needs to happen. That's just just how God cut the cloth God cut me from. Just the way I operate. Because that's how I think. But I think that way by the working of the Spirit. We need to get to where we think that way. By the working of the Spirit. Because there's not any situation that God don't have an answer for. There's not one circumstance that God won't heal, deliver, set free, or that He can't give an answer for. But, you've got to have ministers to operate in that capacity. So we need to start saying, Lord, get me ready. Here I am. Change me. Do something different in me. Help me think different, act different, walk different. Do something. Because I'm not, I'm not going to be ordinary. I'm not going to be the same. I've got to have God do something in me. Too many hurting, wounded confused, dying people that need God to help them. And your natural wisdom will only go so far. It'll only go so far. And then you've got to have the Spirit of God step in if you're really going to help people. You've got to have the Spirit of God step in. That's the reason I've gave 50 years of my life seeking God. Fifty years of my life, well, last forty anyway, leaving my kids, leaving my wife. I mean, back in the 80s, 90s, I was gone. I can't even tell you how much I was gone. But I would have a 21-day revival under the tent, have the help take the tent down. Go home for five or six days. Turn around and go have another 21-day meeting. And I left my wife and kids behind. Most of them do it. I won't tell you all the heartache. Times I pulled out of my driveway knowing I was going to be gone from my family 18, 19 days just start bawling. Because it hurts. But I knew what God had called me to do. If I hadn't done what I'd done, that young lady wouldn't be here tonight. In a meeting in Sheffield, Alabama in 1994, 93, 94, God totally changed her life. Changed her. Sent this word because she's called. And she's just one of hundreds that this word has changed her life. It's not easy. Y'all have heard me say many times, it's easy, anybody can do it. This ain't easy. But somebody got to do it. Somebody got to say yes to the loneliness, the heartache, the sorrow, the prayer, the dedication. Do I have regrets? Yeah. Were there things I'd do different? Probably. But I'd still do it all over again. The souls I've seen saved. Me and my son had a good relationship in growing up in the ministry. Things, me being gone all the time, separated. Brought a lot of hurt. I got two girls, brought a lot of hurt. And I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me. There are many nights I've cried just 
over my kids because I had to leave them. Couldn't be there. Birthdays, special events, sporting events, school events. She took it all on her. And we've had this conversation. He's there to help everybody else's kids. Done what I knew to do. Now I'm trying to teach him. I try to teach ministers better because I wasn't taught no better. All I was taught go, 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 win souls, win souls, win souls, go, 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 go. But you got to find a balance for ministry and you got to find a balance for your personal life. And I try to teach ministers now to find that balance. It's like the Lord told me, He said, I didn't marry that wife, you did. I didn't bring in kids in this world, you did. It's not her responsibility to bear the. It's just not. It's not right for me to put all the natural responsibility on her. Well, we didn't know that back then, but we know it now. When you learn better, you do better. Amen. God's bringing a ministry now that's going to touch every part. It's going to educate, going to teach, going to anoint, going to bring deliverance in it. So it's time to prepare. It's time to prepare. But if you're called of God, and I just, I should have, I, I may see if I can get that article I just finished. The Lord started dealing with me, and I know I've touched on it, but I just wrote probably five or six pages on you cannot serve God in your emotions. You can't do it. You can't serve God in your emotions. But the devil uses Hurt, pain, heartache, sorrow. You name it, the devil will use it to keep you from fulfilling the call of God on your life. He'll do it. But if you're called to God, He's going to do everything He can to stop you. And there's a lot of people been stopped. A lot of people have been destroyed. A lot of ministries have been destroyed through the years because preachers didn't have the teaching of how to pray and overcome things. I may see if I can get that printed off for y'all tomorrow. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get a chance somewhere to preach on it. But what I want you to focus on more than anything else right now is a time of preparation. Set our hearts to seek the Lord. I don't know that anything that any of y'all necessarily are doing is sin. But if it's taking your time away from God it's a big hindrance. You stop and think some of the things you're doing. You could be praying, reading your Bible, studying. The Bible said, He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. But the Lord's looking for somebody. See, Jesus was totally dedicated, submitted to the Father. Completely. He didn't have a personal life. He didn't have a life of His own. Once them apostles received that Holy Ghost, they did not have a life of their own. They didn't have a life of their own. They were totally committed. Totally committed. To serving God. And right now, what we need to focus on is a time of preparation. The Lord spoke this to me. 
for Africa. But then later on, he said, this ain't just for Africa. He said, this is for all my people. All my people need to prepare for the greatest outpouring of my spirit the world's ever seen. America's not going to have revival right now. But she is going to have revival. But Africa's going to have revival right now. There's There's an act of God there right now. I mean, it's right now. I mean, people are starting to come. Every time we have a live stream meeting, it's get to where we can't even count the people that's logging in and new people logging in every day. Every every Wednesday morning, we preach to Kenya at 8 o'clock. It'll be 7 o'clock y'all's time. Y'all can join in if you want to. Some of the people here join in. God's doing some good teaching to those ministers. Doing some real good teaching. Trying to get them grounded so they can help people. We need grounding. We, need, we don't need man's wisdom. We need God's wisdom. We need the Word of God. Amen. Be all right if I pray with you. Just take you by the hand and pray with you. Be all right. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, go into her spirit right now. God, bring a healing. Bring a strength, bring a deliverance. And let this spirit that you've placed in me go in and do what you need it to do and what she needs it to do. Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because it's anointed me. And I'm asking you right now. There's a lot of wounds, a lot of hurts, a lot of pain, a lot of fear. But Lord, I see your hand and the touch of your hand upon her life. Make your word and your spirit alive in her, Jesus. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. And I don't know where God's going to lead me tomorrow, but we'll be in the auditorium tomorrow. But I felt like I just needed to take this time and just try to get you all to focus on getting prepared. We don't need to just go to church. We need to prepare for God to visit us. For God to visit you, your hands got to be cleaned. Your heart's got to be pure. I believe it was Psalms. I can't never remember whether it's 19 or 24. 24. Where David said, Who's going to ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who's going to go up in that high holy place? Only he that hath clean hands and a pure heart. He whose soul is not lifted up to vanity nor sworn deceitfully. Everybody ain't going in that high holy place. There's a lot of people that God may call. But you might, you've got to make your call in an election, sure. You've got to do something say, God, all right, here I am. You've called me now. I want to do what it takes to get chosen. He said, many are called. Few are chosen. Fewer chose. Amen. Many are called. And when you're called, you have got to do what it takes for God to choose you and put you in ministry and bring you forward. And like I said, it ain't easy. Because the devil's going to do every dirty trick. He's going to use everything he can. 
to wound you, hurt you, bruise you, defeat you, discourage you, upset you, drive you out of church, drive you away from God. The devil don't care what he's got to do. He'll do whatever it takes. I mean, some of y'all know we had the fire at our house in 2003. Our house got hit by lightning. And my kids lost everything they had. The whole top floor of our house got destroyed. All my kids' bedrooms were on the top floor. Well, we lost the whole house, but they lost everything they had in this world. And we went through. That was in that was in May in 2003, wasn't it? It was May of 2004 before we got moved back in. Matter of fact, it was the day my daddy died. We was moving back in. But. It wasn't too long after that. She went through a depression. Bad depression. Probably about three years. The Lord hid it from me. The reason the Lord hid it from me, He took that depression and He used it to mold her. He used it to teach her. He used it to train her. And she fought that thing through and overcame. And I didn't know nothing about it. God hid every bit of it. God hid every bit of it from me. Usually my spirit, spirit of the Lord in me will pick up on things. Your sickness, your disease, your heart, what you're going through. If the Lord wants me to know, I'll know. That writes this gale. <laughs> I was preaching in church here several years back, and I was walking down the aisle, and I said, God wants me to know what you're thinking. He'll tell me what you're thinking. And I walked by Sister Gail, and some thoughts come up. I backed up, and I looked at her. I said, oh, was that right? Sister Gail just kind of hung her head, and she didn't do that no more. Because <laughs> the Lord showed me exactly what was in her heart. I can't help when God does things. But, so be careful what you think about me. Be careful what you say about me, because the Lord might, just might let me know. But she went through a... She's got to be careful, too. <laughs> but she went through a hard-spirited depression. Didn't start coming out of it till 07, 08. But it made her. It molded her, and it made her. And now she can preach the Word. She's got deliverance to help people that's going to do this. God's starting to gift her and use her. Twenty-eight years was married. She didn't do anything in ministry. She just was there at the meetings. She'd come to church. She'd come to tent meeting. Telling people, don't call on me. Don't call on me. I ain't testifying. You tell them they better not call on me. So I told them, I said, look. I said, y'all leave my wife alone. I said, because y'all don't leave her alone. I said, I'm going to catch it after service. So y'all just leave her alone. (laughs) But then the Spirit of God started stirring her up, bringing that gift and that calling that in her. Y'all been in services where she preached, y'all. She's strong. She's strong in the faith now. She's strong in the Word and the anointing. But 
God had to break her to make her. Amen. Sometimes God has to break you to make you. I pray that I've said something that will help you tonight. I don't know where, like I said, I don't know where God's going to take me tomorrow. He may have me preach on you. She can't serve God in your emotions. Because so many people let things that happen pattern their life, control their life. You can't let somebody wounding you destroy your ministry. You can't let disappointment in life destroy what God's called you to do. It's easy to say, well, oh, I got hurt. I don't care nothing about ministry. I don't care nothing about serving God. It's good as the devil wants. Amen. It's good as the devil wants. I've seen ministers, I've seen husbands and wives divorce. Both of them get destroyed. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Doesn't matter what happened, doesn't matter who does what. You walk in, you call with God's first, first priority, first priority, first priority. Doesn't matter what, what happens in your personal life. The devil won't stop you, he will. Amen. So I pray I've said something to help you tonight, but let's get prepared. Jeremiah said, and the, the Lord spoke to him, said, In the day that you seek me with all your heart, you're surely going to find me. And that's when the Lord spoke to me. And it's in these notes. That's when the Lord spoke to me. He said, My people have semi-sought me. They hadn't really sought me. He said, Because in the day you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. So in the day we really want to find God, we're going to seek Him with all our heart. We ain't just going to halfway seek Him. We're going to seek Him. Day you want God to bring you forth in that calling, that anointing, you're going to put your heart in it. You're going to fight for it. You're going to fight for it. I know what it's like to be lonely. I stayed by myself till I was 29 years old. And I didn't. I just about resolved that I wasn't going to get married. We're never going to have family. We're never going to have kids. I'm just going to preach the gospel. And then went to Georgia, and Lord, behold, she comes strolling under my tent. I got out of that service, and I walked in my travel trailer, and I said, now, that ain't fair. <laughs> I told the Lord, I said, that ain't fair. And I didn't say anything to her that whole meeting, except I would go up to her and her mama and sister after service every night, shake their hand, and say, I appreciate you being here. Didn't I? Would not say one word. Wasn't going to let myself get... See, the first night... She came to the meeting. She didn't come when the meeting started. Her mama came. I think her sister came. She didn't come. But she was in the meeting. And I don't know if I was getting ready to dismiss or what, but anyway, I looked back at her and the voice of the Lord spoke to me. He did a call for prayer. I said, there's somebody here fighting the spirit of such, 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 so and so. I said, if you move right now, I said, God will deliver you. Before she even knew what had happened, she was on them feet and up there and had her hands raised. And I laid hands on the power guy, just bam, set her free. Set her free. Bound me up, but set her free. <laughs> but I'm glad. 
I'm glad God gave her to me. Because we work together good in ministry. Didn't happen for 28 years, but after 28 years, we started bringing her along. But she's always been a help and a strength to me in the natural. And even in the spiritual, she's behind the scenes. And I thank God for 40 wonderful years of marriage, for the help, for the strength, for the fighter she is, and for what God's working in her life, and what God's pulling us together. So, I hope I've said something tonight. Help strengthen you. Help you know that if, if you won't let the devil, he can't destroy you. He can't. He can try, but he can't. As long as you hold on to that word, as long as you stay firm. And see, that's something I've taught people. I mean, y'all, it's been around. You go back years ago. I preached a message on survival. I don't know how many of you remember it. But we had a man used to come here. He was in the Air Force, and they put him in some type of special forces training. He got out, and he got fooling with drugs. Got himself messed up. But they'd put him through special survival training. He had the police raided his house and come after him. He ran out in the woods, knew how to conceal himself, curved himself up with leaves, and cops walked within two or three feet of him, and he kept himself concealed and never made a sound. They couldn't find him. Camouflage. Was that what it was? But I told people, I said, I'm training you to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. And I said, as long as you stick to your training, I said, the devil can't destroy you. I said, it's when you break your training. It's when you break your training. It's when you don't do what you've been taught in prayer and study of the Word. Stay in church. That's the biggest weapon the devil has against people is getting them out of the house of God, out from under the Word and the anointing. And I've told people, I said, I don't care if you come to church two years and don't feel anything. I said, as long as you're under that word and that anointing, I said, God's fighting for you. God's helping you and somewhere he's going to stand up for you. I said, but you can't break your training. Part of your training is stay in the house of God. Stay under the word. Stay under the anointing. Keep praying. Jesus was wounded. Jesus was brokenhearted. Amen. He was. Bible Bible speaks of him being wounded by his friends, being brokenhearted, being betrayed. But he didn't quit. He didn't let up on his call. He didn't let up on what his purpose to do. He was a man. Bible said he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief. Amen. He was a man of sorrow. He was acquainted with grief. But he still stood in the gap for us. I hope you can be here tomorrow. I really do. I believe it's going to be a good service. And I just felt led to come at this time. You know, I could I come every week if I wanted to. But I just come whenever I feel the leading of the Spirit of the Lord. And I was talking to somebody earlier that was just wanting to know they don't have a church to go to. They said, Brother Metter, you got some videos and stuff? I said, we got a YouTube channel. I hadn't done anything on my YouTube channel. I don't know when. But we fixing to start. 
Because the Lord spoke to us in the prophecy back in April. He said, you get this word out. You get this gospel again. People ain't preaching the gospel of the kingdom. They ain't preaching Christ being formed in you. If they ain't preaching, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of it. They're not preaching the kingdom. Because the kingdom is Christ being formed in you. The kingdom is coming out of this world. Paul said, I die daily. When you don't die daily to this world like Christ and you, you seek for Christ to be formed in you, you ain't preaching the kingdom. You ain't trying to possess the kingdom. The kingdom ain't up there. It's in here. It's in here. Amen. And it's like all of God's people have just quit seeking, quit striving, quit trying. It's like there for a while, man, we was trying our best to lay hold of And now it's like just, it's like some just come down blind to God's people. They're too caught up in life. They're too caught up in problems. And they just can't seem to get a hold of anything. But I believe we're going to get a hold of something. Amen. I believe something's going to get a hold of us. Because I got to I don't know about you, but I, I got to have this. I ain't lived 50 years to give up now. I ain't served God 50 years to quit. I'm kind of like that. Y'all seen that farmer insurance commercial? We know some things because we've seen some things. I know some things because I've seen some things and I've done some things. <laughs> and I ain't quitting now. Ain't, ain't no place to quit. Amen. Ain't no place to quit. You appreciate the Lord. I'm going to pray and ask God to bless this Word in your hearts and I hope it's done you some good. hope it's woke something up in you give you some strength and help you get revived and renewed. Put out some new effort. Because you're here for one reason. God's got a purpose for you. You've got to find that purpose. And when you find that purpose, you've got to possess it. Loneliness is a hard road to walk this morning. It's a hard road to walk, believe me. I've been by myself since I was 18 years old till I married her. So for 11, 12 years, I was all by myself. That mean, didn't mean I didn't have people around me, but loneliness is a hard road to walk. Everybody can't do it. They can't do it. But with the Spirit of Christ living in you, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens. Amen. But I'm going to ask God to Seal this word in your spirit. That'd be all right. Father, in the name of Jesus, let this word, let the working of your spirit, let the moving of the Holy Ghost, let it bring comfort, strength, wisdom, and understanding into their lives tonight. Lord, there's nothing can do what the working of your spirit can do. That's why we believe. That's why we pray. That's why we serve you. That's why we reach out to you. Because it is through you and by you that all things can be done. Let this word strengthen every heart, uplift every soul, and give us a new focus and a new vision to accomplish your will. We ask it so in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Michael, have you got some kind of a...